together three different denominations, came together and formed church, which we are today. Um, some people will ask us, you know, what denomination are you? And I, are you non-denominational? Because it seems kind of like that. I said, I think we got like more denominations than we can handle. You know, <laughs> it's like, like we're like a denominational mutt, if you want to notice that. So it's kind of one of those things. We have denominations coming out of our ears. But to, to my knowledge and understanding, that has never happened in, in, in all of America, that three different denominations got together and, and formed one church. So what we do is so very, very special our vision, and this was uh, this was started three years ago, planted in Shawnee. Some of like you said, saw you saw some Shawnee stuff, you saw some Edgerton stuff. But our vision has never been to to, to to get a corner of real estate and grow this humongous monstrosity of a building. Have everybody come and, and say, hey, 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 come to this church, come to this church, come to this church, come to this church. It's never been our vision. I'm not saying that's a bad vision, but it's not been our vision, not been the vision that God has laid on us. Our vision that God has laid on us is to plant churches throughout the, the, the Kansas City area, saturate this, this city with, with, his, with, with churches that, that love Jesus, that will preach the gospel, that will, uh, that will be attractional from the standpoint of they don't stink, right? But from, from the standpoint of we really want to see people discipled. It's not just about coming in, hey, having a big, having a big crowd and that kind of stuff. It truly is about having people come and to, to know Jesus and have him know Jesus even further. And to plant churches throughout the city or wherever God takes us. And that's been the vision that we've had. Here's the challenge. That the generosity that New City Church has received from Westside and Restore and, and Olathe Bible and and other people that have been just so generous to us. The Shawnee campus that has been so greatly generous to, to us as a, as, a, as a church local church body here in Edgerton. The challenge for us is, are we going to continue that generosity to others? That's the challenge. So I'm going to ask you flat out, guys. Do we want to be a church that is known for its generosity? Or do we want to be a church that is known and I'm going to say this not as a political statement or anything, but are, are we wanting to be a church that is known as a, as a welfare church? A church that gets, a church that receives, a, or a church that, 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 is, that people are generous toward, a, a, a church that gets discounts, a church that, that goes into the communities and people go, okay, I guess we've got to help this church. This church or, or, or are we wanting to be a church that is generous toward other people? That A church, honestly, guys, that when we make contact with the, the city officials, they don't go, oh, gosh, what are you asking for now? That when we go out to the communities and we say, oh, yeah, uh, you guys are going to tell us we got to come to your church. Or are we wanting to be a church that, with, that the, when the community sees us, they go, we don't know what we would do without you, man. Are you kidding me? Are, you're invited to everything. Do we want to see a church that, that grows nationwide that says that, that, that people are like, hey, we love what you guys do for us in our city. We can't imagine being without you. You think you could put some more crosses up around town? Do you think you maybe could uh, do some Bible studies at work? Man, are you kidding me? I mean, think about that. Hey, you think you guys could do some praying in schools? Guys, we get so freaked out about prayer in schools. But honestly, man, let's ask ourselves, have we been praying? Man, have we, have we been freaked out about, 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 about prayer and, and taking Ten Commandments down? Are we actually being obedient? 
Guys, this is not a, this is not a chastising of our, of our church, man. This is a challenge for us to understand because we've got to understand one thing. New City Church is full of generous people. And as a result, that generous people results in a generous church. It grows the kingdom in the, in the way that we pray your kingdom come. So we got to rely on the we must rely on the generosity of God's people for a vision that I'm going to talk about here in a second to, to transpire. Because what God has laid on us to be as a church is not a church that just sits there and takes and sits there and just come to, and, and we are a church, number one, that is going to go out. And we're going to go out and we're going to bless the people, bless the heck out of people. And we're going to disciple people. And we're going to love people and all that. So I'm going to outline three, things, three strategies for us to be able to do this. The first strategy and the first vision, I should say, that will develop all strategies that we have, the first vision that we have is that we are going to be, as a church, financially self-sufficient by the end of May. We're not going to be relying on anybody else. Restore has helped us greatly. Westside has helped us greatly. The Shawnee campus has helped us greatly. Olathe the Bible has helped us greatly. But by the end of next month, we will no longer need that. And that includes things like a parking lot that we're going to have to have, right? Hey, it's a great day to have a parking lot discussion. Ain't nobody like, oh, man, I got money on me. What? Hey, because there's something, some things we're not going to do. We're not going to just take out loans and stuff. We'll talk about that in a second to get that stuff done. Guys, we're going to rely on our own generosity to be a blessing for things like that. I wish the roof was leaking. That'd be cool to talk about, right? Hey, we need a new roof too, right? But we're going to be self-sufficient as a local church by the end of May, guys, and that is going to take a great deal of generosity. Here's the rub, and I know what some people are already saying. Oh, man, I knew that preacher. That's why I don't go to church, right? He's going to start talking about money. He's going, oh, man, here's my wallet. Guys, I'm not asking for your money. I'm asking us to talk about what it means to be a God-like, generous church, and we'll talk about this thing for the yeah. Man, it is amazing to me how many people get all freaked out about, oh, they're going to talk about, talk about money. I want to discuss something with you. First Timothy 6, Paul writes to a young pastor named Timothy, and he says to Timothy, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. We would be absolutely, at best, stupid, and at worst, sinful in the sight of God if we did not address heavily the issue of what money means and supposed to mean to us in God's kingdom. Amen? Amen? Can I get an amen for sure? Michelle, oh yeah, who did that? Oh, B-Roy in the house, I love it. Second thing, we will serve, love, show compassion for, and disciple our community. One of the things that we're in, in the process of doing is and, and developing a compassion team that will service those in need in our city, both in, inside our church and outside the church. And we don't know what all that entails. Some of us in our disciple group have decided to take that on as a mission. And we're going to be getting trained this week. So you guys are reading your book, right? D group, right? Disciple group reading your book. Going to have it done. We got to have a, big, a whole book read. I ain't started mine either. So um, we're going to have to have that read before Wednesday because we're getting trained in that kind of stuff. What does it mean to, to truly be uh, charitable in the eyes of God. We're going to serve Edgerton. Our, our beautiful, awesome, amazing city. That frankly, guys, everybody around town is talking about when you talk to church. I, I, it's, it, it's incredible. I'm getting calls from people going, hey, what's going on down there? This is incredible. I talked to a guy in, in Texas yesterday. 
He's like, man, this is, this is, that's incredible. I can't believe that I talked to a guy from a, from a, a like a, like a, a, a North American mission board. And he's like, hey, my boss is asking what's going on here. Can you talk to me about what's, I, I'm telling you, man, it's crazy, but it has nothing to do with any of us as far as our talent or our, our abilities, man, it has everything to do with God. And we will continue to serve our beautiful city in practical and unique ways. We're going to produce more disciple groups that teach people to obey and declare missions, such as things like in our, if you have in your, in your bulletins, I want you to pull these out and kind of look at these serve opportunities that are, that are here. Desi Goins, where you at? All right, everybody, everybody look, say, hey, Desi. Say, what's up? Desi Goins, I've been praying for an opportunity to bless the school right down the road here. You can hear the children playing if you hear it during the week. You can actually hear them play it at recess. I've been praying for a way to, to, to help these folks and to bless these folks as a church. This Friday, actually, Desi, Desi called me last week, so you're not going to believe this. They have asked us as a church to come help on Friday evening, April 17th. Desi will have all the information for you. She will meet you by the coffee bar as we leave this afternoon. She has a sign-up sheet if you would like to help. It is a carnival. It is easy. It is nothing, no hard work, no back-breaking stuff, uh, unlike what's about to happen on Saturday, which is going to be a little bit more back-breaking. We were in a disciple group this past week, and we had, uh, you know, we, we, we meet at a cup above. Uh, Becky and Bear C are gracious enough to give us that space, and we were talking to Jamie, who is... Uh, you know, we've got a lot of MMA fighters at our church. I don't know why it's so cool. But uh, we're not going to have to worry about security, that's for sure. We got, we got, man, we got bodybuilders and MMA fighters. I'm like, I thought, oh, it's tough, but I guess I'm not. Um, but so we were sitting there, and Jamie's like, yeah, I was talking to, uh, talking to uh, the guy at Brickhouse Fitness, um, Kevin Wolkamp, and he says, man, I'm, I'm kind of concerned about what's going on. This floor is caving in, you know, because before I think it was like a coffee shop. It was ACA or a cup above, and it moved. And so we're sitting there talking to them, and they said, man, the, the floor's caving in, you know, because they, like, throw people down and stuff. And so April 18th, we, us as a disciple group are, go, are calling on volunteers to come help us put a new floor in. It's a big job. It's a big job. You know, we've got, uh, we, I, I got a, approached by a, a city official last week, says, hey, um, I'm kind of freaked out. Not really, but, you know, I need to help cleaning uh, up the street on the, by the intermodal before we start uh, mowing. Guys, we've got that going on. Edgerton Museum needs a porch painted. There's all kinds of things. Frontier Days. Guys, this is a, a two-day thing. I can't make some major announcement, but I found out a secret that, ooh, it's going to blow your minds, man. It's going to be awesome. But Frontier Days, we're going to need tons of volunteers helping on that, June, June 19th and 20th. And, and discipleship and, and training. Guys, we've got Super Summer coming up for the youth. Guys, we, we, we have some, some youth that can't afford to go, Right? And I'll tell you this, it's only like $200, $200 or so for a week per student. That's incredible. But if you got seven kids like the Cunninghams, it's like, well, I don't know. Right? <laughs> Am I right? I mean, look at this row back here, man. Right? Um, yeah. It's like, like $10,000 to send these kids. To... Right? Well, we're looking for scholarships. We're looking for ways to people to be generous on those kinds of things. We're looking at, we got Monday night studies going on. Starting again tomorrow night, because there are going to be a lot of questions we get. There's going to be all kinds of things going on. We've got disciple groups. Guys, we've got about, about I think if I'm, estimating, if I'm remembering correctly, we've got three disciple groups about to start. It's incredible. We're about on the cusp of some incredible stuff, but it will take our generosity. Third thing that we're going to do within one year, 
I'm not saying we're going to do this, but within one year, we will be ready and prepared financially to help plant other churches. This is a big ask. It's a big vision. Because so for some of us, we think this is all there is, right? This is the church. This is our local body. God's kingdom, if we keep praying, your kingdom come, your will be done, right? Well, let's, let's get prepared to do that. If he hasn't asked, some of us may go and plant, help plant another church. Who knows where it's going to be? But we will be ready because that's our heartbeat. We're not going to try to. We may have to expand some stuff here, right? We may have to do that. We may have to put some things in here, but our heart is to be able to plant and plant and grow a kingdom so that Kansas City is known as where the revolution started. Amen? Amen. These initiatives will require our commitment to the community. They will require our commitment to time. And they will require us to be generous with our money. Here's what we will not do. We will not get into what Matt Miller calls, and I love this, LSD. Long, stupid debt. We are not going to take a loan out to get a parking lot. We're not going to take a loan out to go help churches. We're not going to take a loan out to do community events. We're not going to take a loan out to do a roof. We're going to be generous and we're going to make this happen with God's money. More, the whole initiative that we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks. Look what it says on the bottom there. You can see it on your bulletin too if you can't read that. Generous people equals a generous church. Check out this video. This is a new commercial. We're not trying to advertise a local company, but pretty funny. I don't know if you know anybody that's stupid rich. Um, if you do, I'd like to be friends with them. Uh, no. But um, none of us are stupid rich, right? Have you seen the new, new commercial? The, two, the mom and the daughter that have the, they're bidding. They're just bidding. They don't even know what it is. They're just sitting there talking like that. You know, look, at my, look how tall I'm getting, you know. Because as daddy said, money don't span itself, right? It's pretty funny. These are funny commercials. But none of us are stupid, stupid rich like that. But... Understand something when it comes to God's kingdom and God's people and when it comes to the, to the money that God has given us. We cannot be both selfish and generous. We cannot be both selfish and generous. And we're not stupid rich, but God is. And what I want us to understand, if we're going to accomplish these things that God has prepared for us to do and laid on our hearts to do, we got to think like God in order to do God-sized things. Exodus 32, 1 through 9. It's kind of the crux to the message here today. And this is, this is, we're kicking it old school, Old Testament, right? This is Moses' time. Moses has gone up to a mountain to speak to God, and this, is, this cloud has come over the mountain and things, and, and, and the people are getting restless because he's up on the mountain for like 40 days and he's leading the Israelites, if you, know the, if you know the, understand the history of this, that he's leading the Israelites for out of Egypt, and he's leading them in a desert, and there's been some sin, so he said, you know, you're going to take a while. So these guys have seen God. They've heard his voice. They've, they watched God 
do amazing things to get them out of Egypt. And yet they're still, still, they're still like going down this road and, and, and incredibly God blessed them with a whole bunch of gold and, and jewelry and stuff like that. I mean, like all of a sudden, for some reason, the Egyptians came before they were finally out of the land. They came and gave them a whole bunch of stuff, right? It's almost like, hey, sorry we uh, put you in slavery for all those years and stuff. Here's a bunch of earrings and things, right? So God just like, like just, just inexplicably for whatever reason gave them this. And Moses is up on this mountain, and he says this. When the people saw that Moses delayed in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said to him, Get up. Now Aaron is Moses' brother. He's kind of second in command, right? Get up. Make us gods that will go before us. Everybody say before us. As for this fellow Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know what became of him. What has become of him, right? Uh, maybe he died. You know, you think he left? You think he got mad? You stay up there with God? He ain't going to come back down? We don't know what's going on. Maybe, maybe it got swallowed up and God just already took him up. We don't know, right? We don't know what's become of him. So, hey, um, let's, let's do some things like make us some gods so we can worship some gods because we don't know what's going on, right? After seeing God, hearing God, being led by God, this is what happened. So Aaron said to them, Break off the gold earrings that are on the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. Who provided all that stuff for them? God, yeah, right? So all the people broke off the gold earrings that were on their ears and, and brought them to Aaron. He accepted the gold from them, fashioned it with an engraving tool, and made a molten calf. Then they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. Good goo, what is wrong with these people, right? I mean, think about this. Think about what they're doing. They're, 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 they've seen God. They're, they're probably looking up there going, man, that's a big old cloud of smoke still up there, you know, whatever that is. Um, hey, let's just make a, something we can worship here. It, it, it doesn't make any sense, but I will tell you this. We're no different, and we'll explain that in a second. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And I say we're no different naturally. Through God we are. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, tomorrow will be a feast to the Lord. So they got up early on the next day and, and offered up burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and they rose up to play. So they got what they wanted. They want, got a graven image and they, they spent a whole bunch of money trying to make this graven image so it's something they can't, that they can actually see, something tangible, if you will. I was speaking to somebody this past week about God's favor, God's provision. God, you know, just this conversation. They're like, well, I, I, I got to be able to, to see it. It's got to add up for me, right? I've got to be able to, to look at the numbers and, 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 and make sure that they, that they add up. And I'm like, it, it, don't, it don't work like that. Some, God, God don't make no sense sometimes to us. Right, because he's God. He shouldn't all the time, amen? I mean, if God can make sense to us every time, all the time, we could understand everything there is about God, about who he is, he wouldn't be worth worshiping. We gotta understand that. And we've gotta be able to understand that we, that we gotta rely on something that it's somebody who is a whole lot more than we are. When you think God is something, like he's a provider, he's more of a provider. When you think he's love, he's more love. When you think he's graceful to you, he's more graceful. When you think he's a judge, he's more of a judge. And when you think he's awesome, he's even more awesome. Because here's what will happen. We will either use our money for worship, or we will worship our money 
We will either use our money for worship or we will worship our money. And as in the case of Exodus here, an idol will take your money. God will use your money. I cringe sometimes by saying your money. I'm just saying this because it all, honestly, it all belongs to God. It's all his. Some people, well, I worked for it. Yeah, but did you make your heart beat, your lungs fill with air? Did you make your mind synapses fire? Did you make all this stuff? Did you make the gravity that <laughs> stuck you on your, in your job that made you make all the, Come on, man. Seriously, think about this. This is all belongs to God. Matthew 6, 19 through 21, I love this because this is Jesus' very first sermon, his first public sermon, and he's addressing money um, right off the bat. Right? As a matter of fact, if you remember uh, what he said was blessed are the poor in, in spirit. Guys, let me give you a, let me ask you before I go into this scripture, let me ask you to imagine the most generous person you know. Take about 10 seconds and, and just think about the most generous person you know. Now I want you to think for about 10 seconds and imagine the most stingy person you know. I want you to take those two. Everybody got them? Everybody feeling pretty good? I want you to take those two and I want you to do a side-by-side comparison of the kind of person you want to be. You want to be like the generous person? Or do you want to be like the stingy person? Do you think the stingy person is more like God or the generous person? Guys, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? Is it obvious to you? Kind of the person that God has called us to be? When we start thinking about how we, uh, how we approach money, how we approach finances. Matthew 6, 19 through 21, as we were saying, do not accumulate for yourselves treasures on earth where, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but accumulate for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is. Say this last part with me, New City. There your heart also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Is your treasure in heaven? Is your heart eternally focused? Is your heart on things of God? Or is it in what we got here right now? I'm going to give us a news flash. In 100 years, it's going to be done. I thought this was supposed to be a happy message. It is. God is so great. Here's the deal. Here's the rub. If we're all focused on what we got right now, if we're all focused on our material, if we're all focused on our on our finances, if we're all focused on the here and now, if we're all focused on uh, anything else that comes before God, guys, understand this, and this is maybe a newsflash for some of us, but in 100 years, I don't care how old or young you are in here, in 100 years, we're all going to be dead. Golly, (laughs) right? It ain't going to matter. And I know people hear this all the time. Well, you know, you can't take it with you. Guys, it's not even even about that. It's about what is our our approach to to, to worshiping God? Because like I said before, you can worship money or you can worship God, but you can't do both. Amen? Exodus 20, and, I, and, and this blows my mind that God would have just a few chapters before what we're talking about today in Exodus 32. But in Exodus 20, he says in verse 3, th- uh, three through 5, he says this, you shall have no other gods, what? Before me, right? 
What did, he, what did they say? Hey, uh, we want to we put a God that, we, that can go before us, right? 1 Samuel 8, I'm totally freaked out about that one too because this is when uh, all these people, I mean, they were, they, they're supposed to be relying on God and they're begging, begging to have a king. So give us a king, give us a king, give us a king. And here's God and he said, and he said we want a, a king that's going to go out and go before us and go to battles before us. And, and what he said, he just blows your mind. And here's God, he's going to say, listen, Here's what's going to happen if you do that. We're going to tax you like crazy. We're going to put your children in slaves. We're gonna, we're, you're going to work for, the, for, the, for this government that you're asking us to do. You're going to work for this king. You're going to, I mean, over things over and over. And they said, we don't care. We want a king. And God gave them a king. Guys, it is, it is, it is amazing to me what we will do when we think we can't see God. But faith, as scriptures say, faith is something is in something we can't see, not in something that is seen. So anytime we worship anything we can see, our money, or anything else, we'll talk about a few things that I've struggled with myself here in a bit. Anything, anytime we do that, we've got to understand that we are doing what God hates. So you shall not bow down to them or serve them. Oh, I'm sorry. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of, any, of anything that is in heaven or heaven above or that is on earth beneath or that is in the water below. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a what kind of God? Jealous God. As we understand this, you, know, you, ever, you ever hear Oprah talk about this? Well, I just don't think I could be going to church anymore if I'm going to worship a jealous God. It's not a God that's going, golly, I wish... Those gods were, I wish I was as good as those gods. What did I do to make you guys mad? I wish, right? Ever, that's, what, that's when you think about, oh, how could God be jealous? We sit there on high and mighty and go, hmm, I'm not going to worship a jealous God. Guys, understand this. This is a jealousy that when you understand what the jealousy is, uh, the original language, it is a jealousy, the same jealousy that a husband has for a wife that has committed adultery on him or vice versa. It's that kind of it's grief. It's jealousy. It's heartbreak. Amen. You catch what I'm saying? He goes, I am a jealous God. He wants us so badly. From the very beginning, he wanted nothing before us. And it took sending his son as an as a eternal sacrifice for us to be able to have that connection with him. You catch this is all the same message from the very beginning. So when it comes to money, when it comes to anything, God must come First, we're going to finish in Exodus 32, 1 through 9. The Lord spoke to Moses. This is what God said. Looks like he ended his meeting quickly. Go quickly. Descend because your people whom you brought up from the land of Egypt. I probably had some questions for God. I was like, hey, I think you asked me. To, uh, hey, oh, you're the boss. Have acted corruptly. They have quickly turned aside from the way that I commanded them. They have made for themselves a molten calf and have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and said, these are your gods, O Israel, which you brought up from the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people. Look, what a stiff-necked people. And he went on to say, my anger is going to burn against these cats. I'm sure that's in the Greek or the Hebrew. So here's my question. And this is a big question. How do we want God to see us? As a church. Psalm 115, 2 through 8. I 
love to see our nation like this. But it says, why should the nation say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. Their idols are made of silver and gold. They are man-made. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see, ears but cannot hear, noses but cannot smell, hands but cannot touch, feet but cannot walk. They cannot even clear their their throats. Those who make them will end up like them, as will everyone who trusts in them. Man, you know what's funny about this? is that we're so, we're so quick to not make fun of any other religion, not make fun of any other God, but God over and over does. I mean, he's sitting there mocking these people, mocking these idols, right? Look at the, the God that knows, can't smell, really? And I'm reminded of Elijah who's, who's on, the, on the, like he's, he's, he's about to go into battle, it looks like, like it's like this epic WWF battle with the other Baal priests, right? Back in the Old Testament, look this up, this is awesome. But here's Elijah going, hey, maybe you're, because they're like, they're like cutting themselves and chanting and dancing and doing all this kind of stuff. And he's looking up at him going, hey, maybe your God's on the toilet. Hey, maybe your God's asleep. Maybe he doesn't hear you. Shout louder. Cut yourself more. It's, all, it's so funny. As I mean, I'm imagining this WWE, oh, you know, like, who are you? You ain't nobody. This is Elijah, man. He's making fun of their God, Baal. And there are all kinds, guys, of idols that we can talk about. And some of these things are, are, are things that I have struggled with myself. But, uh, you know, Matt Miller and I were talking about that. You know, there was such a struggle with Baal worshiping, B-A-A-L. What if we just flip, uh, like flip one of the letters and said, hey, we struggle, we just, we struggle with ball. We struggle with football, baseball, basketball. Sometimes we struggle with sending our kids to umpteen different things because I never got my daddy coming to my coming to my stuff so i'm going to send my kids to fourteen thousand things and i'm going to wear myself out trying to go to every single one everybody yeah anybody ever felt like that i'm exhausted right got to get my kids because my kids never had it guys if we're worshiping football and i'm a huge football fan nothing compared to my wife else judy she's a freak scary sometimes i'm just saying just saying especially when it comes to tennessee football which should really pray for her y'all pray for her but we all have a struggle with certain things. Guys, I want you to watch a quick video and we're going to finish up here in a sec. Ouch. 
I'm glad we didn't put any Royals stuff on there. That'd be like, we're out of here, man. But understand something, man. Anything that is good can replace what is God. Anything that is okay to do can can become an idol. It is okay to make a lot of money. It really is. It's okay to do that kind of thing. But if that becomes your God, we're jacked. Because here's some things that I've struggled with. Climbing the corporate ladder can become a God. Our children can become a God. Our spouses can become a God. And we can put all kinds of spiritual things on that. Like, well, I know God wants me to be the best husband I can be, so I'm going to go, right? My wife loves God more than she loves me, and I'm okay with that. And she's okay with me loving her more than I, loving God more than I love her. She's okay with that. She wants that because she knows if I love him more, I'm a better husband, I'm a better father, I'm a better person, I'm a better neighbor, I'm a better worker, I'm a better pastor, I'm a better everything. Amen? Our homes, our community, our government, our serving, our Bible studies. I'm not against Bible study. I'm against doing Bible studies in place of getting to know God. And of course, money. You know, my wife and I did a, a commitment to the Moore Initiative last year. And we committed to go above a tithe by 1% last year, another percent this year. And I'm not saying that, so this is what I'm expecting of anybody. I'm not. I'm not expecting a percentage. I'm not expecting. I'm asking us to be thinking more like what who God really is. Because I don't want us to get caught up in this idol worship and disguise idol worship by putting a spiritual spin on it. Because when it comes to money, God must come first. So whenever we get paid, here's what we do. And these are all in your bulletins and stuff like that. You can figure that out. But man, if, if, if it's payday and I know it, doom, doom, on my text, I'm texting it. Or I'm going online and giving online. Or I'm making sure I throw in the, get, you know, get a check ready prior to service. It's amazing we... We ought to be doing an offering every single week. It's crazy, you know. So making sure all, I've done all those possible ways of, of doing it. And this is not a call for you to, to give a tithe or anything like that. It's not about that, guys. It's like, are you generous or are we not generous? We want to make people giving to God their first priority because we will either use money for worship or we will worship our money. Amen? It's a hard, hard ask. But it's an easy ask if we understand what God's thought process is. And it's not about giving to New City Church. It's about being generous. And if you're not generous with New City, we pray that you want us, that you would, you would feel, hey, this is a place that's, this is a church that's, that's actually doing God's work. We'd love for you to be generous. But we're asking for you to be generous somewhere. And if you would, on your Connect card, if you're not generous with us, I would ask that you write down who you are generous to so that we can pray for those folks that, that they do the things that God wants them to do with that money. Is that a deal? Is that a deal? Cool. So here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. We're going to do an offering. 
a little bit differently than we've had in the past. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. Father, we, um, we love you a lot. We pray that more and more we love you with everything that we have. Your son, when he was here in the flesh, said that the greatest commandments, when asked and challenged what the greatest commandments are, he said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. Those two go hand in hand, he said. They are inseparable. And Lord, as we go out, we ask that you show us what it means to be generous, not out of some sense of guilt, but out of a sense that you are our God. It is your money. It is your time. It is your talent. It is your resource. It is absolutely all yours. And we praise you, Father, that you allow us to keep, manage, and use almost all of it. Incredible. And Lord, as we take these tithes and these offerings, may you show us what it means to be generous and when you lay on our hearts what it means to be generous and as we take them, we ask that you put these funds, these resources to your use. It's in your son's awesome, amazing, impossible, more name. All God's people said, Amen.